Good morning. It's great to be with you again. Uh, I believe it was about a year and a half ago that I preached here. And uh, it's, it's my privilege to be with you again and to bring the word to you again. Uh, it's the word of God. It's not my own. And you should be grateful for that. <laughs> but uh, this morning, I'm here to preach. <laughs> so I better do that or you won't have me back again. Uh, you know, I was... Uh, I have not... That works, okay. I have not spoken to my father-in-law for almost eight years. Haven't talked to each other. Haven't had coffee together, dinner, uh, played board games together, nothing. No communication. Uh, it was nearly eight years ago that my father-in-law passed away. Uh, November 2012, died of cancer. Haven't spoken to him since. He hasn't spoken to me. Aren't you relieved <laughs> that that's the reason? And, you know, as you make your way to Galatians 2, 20, um, you know, it's a fact of life that we don't communicate with the dead. And those who try to communicate with the dead, they, they tend to get themselves into trouble. We, we see King Saul doing this, trying to speak to Samuel, and uh, it didn't go well for him. Right? Uh, when someone's dead, you, you leave them alone. You cut it off. It's, it's, they're dead and gone. Um, yes, if it's someone you love, you can honor them, but, but it, this is not the same. You don't communicate. And so here we are, uh, Galatians 2.20 uh, is our text. I'm going to begin by reading. Actually, let's, let's pray uh, as we go to the Word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love towards us that you would send your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us through his death and resurrection. Will you open your word to us, will you open our hearts and our minds wide to receive what you want to say and what you want to impart to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I've entitled this The Great Divide. And, uh, and Paul was uh, mentioning how you know, this great divide between the Jews and the Gentiles, Christ has brought us together in the church so that we are one race, one people group. And, and no longer Jews and Gentiles. Um, the great divide in humanity is not about ethnic groups. It is not about race. 
looking at social media these days, you might think otherwise, but we won't go there. Um, it's not about race. Christ has joined us together in him, and the great divide is now between those who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ. This is the great separation between two kinds of people here on earth. You are either in Christ or you are not in Christ, whether you are Jew or Gentile, whether you are male or female, as important as that is for, for God's uh, design for us as human beings, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, are you in Christ? And, and so, uh, just to give you a bit of context here, uh, in the book of Galatians, Paul is addressing a false gospel that says in order to be truly Christian, uh, you have to be a Jew. And there, there's, in some sense, that's, that's true, but it isn't. But, but they're saying you have to be a Jew, you have to be an ethnic Jew, and in order to be a true Jew, of course, <laughs> you have to be circumcised. Uh, and so... Uh, this is what the Jews uh, believed in order to be... So, so the question is, how can I be justified? You know, throughout the Old Testament, there's this idea of here are the righteous and here are the wicked, right? Blessed are, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? He's talking about the righteous, and then, uh, but the wicked are not so. And there's this divide between the righteous and the wicked. And the Jews thought it was about them, well, we're God's people, we're, we're the righteous, and the Gentiles, they're not God's people, they worship other gods, they, they are uh, the wicked. And in some sense that was true, but sometimes it proved untrue, because there were Jews who sinned and committed idolatry, and, uh, and, and so, but this was what they came to believe, and then along came these Judaizers. Now, Judaizers are those who claim to be Christians, claim to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they had their theology mixed up, their gospel mixed up with uh, the Judaism of their time so that they actually believed that in order to be truly Christian, you have to be an ethnic Jew. You have to be converted into Judaism. All right? And in order to be a true Jew, you have to be circumcised. And... Paul says, no, this is a false gospel. And if you believe in that gospel, you're not in Christ anymore because false gospels don't save. And so Paul says, look, a Christian is not being the same as an ethnic Jew. Yes, Jesus was a Jew. He was the Jewish Messiah. And, uh, but it's not about ethnicity. And to be a true Jew, you don't actually have to be circumcised. All right? That's not what it's about. Instead, he says, to be Christian is to be in Christ. Now, if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of this, uh, Jesus is the true Jew. And, and so how do you become a Jew in the spirit? Be joined to Jesus. Okay. All right. Uh, but we won't go any further down that road. Um, but he is trying to correct their theology. How do you be a Christian? To be in Christ. Ephesians 1 says, Every 
God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Where? In Christ. In Christ. And you read Ephesians 1, you'll see it over and over. In Him we have redemption. In Him we were chosen. In Him we were adopted. In Christ. That's what it means. Um, and, and then if you were to read Romans 5, if you were to read Romans 5, uh, it tells us that sin and death came to us through one man. And what was that one man's name? Adam. Sin and death came into the world through Adam and everyone died. But life came to us. Eternal life came to us through the one man, Jesus Christ. And you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. This is the great divide. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? And you were born under Adam. You were born a sinner in rebellion against God, dead in your sins. But when you surrendered to Jesus Christ, you were recreated to become a part of the new humanity. That's why Jesus was called the, the last Adam, the, the new Adam, because he gives humankind a reboot. All right. And so what happens when Jesus died on the cross? He takes Adam, right? Remember, he comes and he is joined to humanity. And he takes Adam and he nails him to the cross. And that old man is dead and gone, crucified. He took that sinful heritage that Adam gave you and he nailed it to the cross. It's dead and gone. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave a restart, an he began the new creation. He began the new humanity. He is the first of his kind. And then he invites us to come and join him through the Holy Spirit. So uh, when you surrendered to Jesus Christ, when you, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you have died with Christ, died to Adam, and you've been raised with Christ. You've become a new creation, part of the new humanity. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? This is you right now. And, and so uh, Adam, what Adam gave us was sin. We were slaves to sin, bound in sin, in rebellion against God. We were condemned. We were separated. We were dead, dead, dead. You know these guys? Depends on how old you are. <laughs> the Adams family uh, started as a cartoon in 1938, became a TV series in the 60s, and uh, you know I, I've seen a few snippets of them. Uh, but uh, is it just coincidence, or was someone thinking about about this? The Adams family, and and look, it's. It's all about death. It's the theme of death, right? And, and the mother, you know what her name was? Morticia. Can, and you can figure out what that means, right? <laughs> Morticia, like her name is death. And then you have 
the butler who looks like Frankenstein and like it's it's all black. It's it's all about death. And you were born a part of the Adams family, and you were dead in your sins. The point is that you've been crucified with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. Here's what Jesus did. He crucified the old man. He cut, when you're joined to Christ, you've been cut off from Adam and joined to Christ. You've been crucified, you've been resurrected. You've been divorced from Adam and married to Christ into this new family, this family of life. I keep having to look back here. Have you, Paul, have you thought about installing a rear view mirror here at, at the pulpit? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> All right. So, oh, I'll, I'll stay with this for now. Okay, so uh, you've been cut off from Adam. You've been joined to Christ. And later in Galatians, as you read on, Galatians chapter 5, Paul starts talking about the, the, the flesh and the spirit. Right? Walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he goes on, he, you know, sometimes people ask, well, how do I know when it's of the spirit? How do I know that I'm being led by the spirit? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever asked that? Well, Paul gave these lists for that very reason. Does it look like sexual immorality and impurity and, and idolatry and and rivalries and jealousies and envy and, and are, you, are you bickering? Are you worshiping idols? Well, that's the flesh. Good signs that you're in the flesh, that you're living in the flesh, walking the flesh. Uh, does it look like love and joy, peace, patience? Does it look like gentleness and self-control? Does it look like Jesus? Because those are good signs that you're walking in the Spirit. And, and when you're wondering what to do, and, and you, you ask yourself, well, does it look like love? Does it look like self-control? It's often a good sign that this is the Holy Spirit leading you. Right? And so, uh, so you have the flesh and the spirit, his discussion of the flesh and the spirit and what this actually means. Okay, you've got to be careful when people say things like that. I'm a theologian, I'm allowed. Uh, so what this actually means, and you don't have to believe me, but, but I think I'm right. Uh, what this actually means is that the flesh, okay, uh, all throughout the Old Testament, there's, there's God and then there's mere mortals, the flesh. And humans are flesh. And flesh is me without God. Can you say that? Me without God. That's the flesh. And, and that's scary. We should go, yeah, ew. Like, I don't know if I want to see that part. Uh, and the spirit is me under God. Me submitted to the Holy Spirit. Me following Christ. So the flesh and the spirit... Um, Okay, where am I here? So we're called to live 
in total submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's how we're to live. <clears throat> now, this actually goes back to Genesis 2. Remember Genesis 2? There were two trees in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And you've probably wondered what these things are. And maybe you've heard uh, some teaching about what these things are. But here's what I, I believe. I, I, the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is about my choosing for myself, deciding for myself what is good for me and what is bad for me. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, this is, when they talk about good and evil, it's not usually an ethical debate. It's usually about what's going to be good for me, what brings me benefit, and what's harmful to me, what's bad for me. And that's why Job can say, shall we receive good from God and not evil? And, and so, so this is about what is good, but the tree of life, I would, okay, so tree of knowledge, I will decide for myself what I need, what's good for me. Tree of life is the opposite. I'm depending on God. I'm submitted to God. I want fellowship with him. This is life in the spirit. Okay? And after all, Jesus said, this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. What is life? And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. Life is just being joined to God, being in fellowship with God. Life is about him. If you have him, you have eternal life. And so that was the choice right from the beginning. And as we read on through the Bible, we see that this continues to be the issue. We come to Samson. Remember Samson? She is right in my eyes. Looking at the Philistine woman, it's obvious what God said, but Samson decided, no, I will decide for myself. She is right in my eyes. And he actually started this trend. Samson was a turning point in the book of Judges, and after that, you see Israel devolving into the depths of sin and depravity, and the repeated refrain is, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. A trend set by Samson. I decide what is good for me. That's what I want. I don't care what God says. This is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is the flesh. This is the life of self-reliance. Life in the flesh is this life of independence, me without God. And life in the spirit is the life of God dependence, a life that is shaped by the spirit, led by the spirit, submitted to Christ. So which will you choose? How do you want to live? I know how I want to live. Don't you? So this was the issue in the garden. This was the issue in Israel. This was the issue in Galatia. This is still the issue today. Will it be me, the flesh, 
or would it be the Spirit? Do I want to live the Adam life or do I want to live the Christ life, the Jesus life? Sorry, wrong slide. All right, two trees in the garden. We, we could call them the tree of life and the tree of the spirit, or of the flesh. Uh, we could call them the tree of wisdom or the tree of foolishness, the tree of folly. It works, all right, throughout. Um, all right. Meet Freddy. Freddy the skeleton. Freddy is dead. Doesn't he look dead? He looks pretty dead to me, dry bones. Okay. Well, Freddy is dead. Does Freddy need to be put to death? No. He's already dead. Do you need to be put to death? Let's read it again. Oh, sorry. Wrong slide. I didn't have. Let's read it again. I have been crucified with Christ. Do I need to be crucified? Do I need to be put to death? Okay, I know I'm jiggling your theology here, but we have been crucified with Christ, have been, this is perfect tense, it means something that is done and over with, it's been accomplished, right? And you look it up in the Greek, it's still perfect tense, it still means have been, it's done and it's over. You're dead, you're dead, you've died to Adam, you've died to sin. And Paul says that elsewhere in in Romans 6, in, in um, Ephesians 2, he, over and over, you've already been crucified with Christ. Now, uh, how many of you have heard this song, Christ Be Magnified? Okay. Now, we want to proceed with caution here. We want to handle the following like gossip. Because <laughs> I don't want to do this lightly. Uh, do you know how to handle gossip? Do you know how to handle gossip? First thing you say is, you know, you're in a conversation and, and they start gossiping about somebody, saying something negative about someone who's not there. First thing you say is, uh, so have you discussed this with him already? Have you talked to him about that? Okay, uh, let's, let's practice this. I want you to turn to the nearest person to you. Getting <laughs> <laughs> While keeping social distancing, uh, turn to the person closest to you and uh, give him your best raised eyebrow and say, have you talked to him about this already? Go ahead, right now. All right. Doesn't, doesn't that feel good? <laughs> All right. Uh, have you spoken to him about this? Okay, and uh, the, the next, next line that you could try, and uh, here you could, 
here you could do more of a, you know, a straight face maybe with the crook in the eyebrow and, and just a very subtle frown, you know, like, like why are you telling me this? <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> now, if that's not if that's not you, if you're if you're too nice for that, you might see something like, "So, how would you like me to help?" <laughs> but uh, all right, and and now if they're if they're a little bit dull and they're just not getting it, you might say something like, "So, what are we trying to accomplish with this conversation?" Yeah. Yeah, I put that one to good use. All right, so, so <laughs> you handle this like gossip. And I, I'm going to talk a little bit about Christ being magnified. Now, have I spoken to him about this? <laughs> well, not literally, but I have, I've been drafting an email for the author of, for the composer, and I will send it to him. I... Great Friesen knows about this. I've invited him to be a part of this email, but I'm accountable. Yes, I'm in the process of speaking to him. Why am I telling you about this? <laughs> well, not... See, don't get me... I love this song. I absolutely love it. I think it's a beautiful song. Music and words, it's powerful, it's wonderful, until we get to the bridge. And then a few things are a little bit distracting, but... And so uh, I want to be very respectful uh, of the song and of the songwriter. Uh, but as you sing and as you're exposed to various things, including songs, be discerning. Yeah. Be discerning. That's why I'm telling you this. Okay? All right. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish. All right? We're good? All right. But, but we want to be respectful. When, when we talk about things like this. So, Christ be magnified. Here's my problem. You know, I, I love the verse. I love the verses. I love the chorus. Uh, but, Bridge, I, I have a hard time singing. If I, here's the biggest problem. If I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. I'll join you when you rise. It, wait, wait a minute. Am I still waiting for Jesus to rise from the dead? I hope not. Jesus is raised from the dead. He's exalted to the highest place. He will not be any more raised than he already is. Okay? Jesus is risen, and we're risen with him. Uh, here's the other one. Uh, now, this is not nearly as serious. Okay, that first one, I, I think, is pretty serious. This, this one, uh, well, I'll let you decide. Uh, if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. I understand the heart. You know, I, I actually viewed the, the video interview. I love his heart behind this. But the fact is, you're already crucified with Christ. It's done. It's already happened. And so, um, Read the verse again. I have been crucified with Christ. And later in, the, in chapter 6, near the end of the book, uh, Paul says, uh, I've been cr crucified to the world and the world to me. 
I'm dead to those things. Now, you might say, well, I don't feel very dead. I still sin. I still feel tempted. Uh, feels like the flesh is very much alive in me. You ever feel that way sometimes? I sure do. We feel that. And so what do we do? Okay. What do we do about this? We live true. We live according to the truth. And the truth is, we're already crucified with Christ. We've died to Adam. We're divorced from Adam. Okay? Know and believe the truth. In fact, Romans 6.11 says, um, Romans 6.11, so you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, to, to God in Christ Jesus. Notice, you must consider yourselves dead to sin. This is how we live this. This is how we apply this. Yes, it's true. I've been crucified with Christ, but consider yourself already crucified with Christ. You're dead to sin, alive to God. Know and believe this truth. And secondly, live the truth in your life. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. This is the very next verse in Romans 6. Don't let it reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. All right. You live out the truth. And then Galatians, back to Galatians again, 5.16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen to the Spirit. Submit to the Spirit. Obey the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to shape your heart and your habits and your thinking and your desires and your imagination and everything that is you. I want a spirit-shaped life, don't you? Yeah. Amen. Now, Paul uses a marriage metaphor quite frequently. In, and so we're going back to Romans 6 again. Romans 6 and 7, and then 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, chapter 4. 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul keeps hammering on this marriage metaphor and sexuality. And yes, uh, the Corinthians had all kinds of problems, including sex and, and uh, adultery, uh, but he, Paul also uses this metaphor to address this. And, and it's like, look, you have been married to Christ. You're, you're the bride of Christ. You're... And, and sin is adultery. Sin is adultery. Don't, don't go back to that stuff. And this is not original with Paul. If you read the Old Testament, God used this throughout the Old Testament. This metaphor of, of God being the husband, Israel being the wife, and they are in covenant together, right? When, when we talk about marriage covenant, well, that's, uh, that's what covenant means. You're committed to each other for life, forever. And, and, and so throughout the Old Testament, God uses this illustration because it is meant to be used. Marriage is meant to point to God. Uh, even sexuality is meant to point to God. What kind of, of 
covenant, committed, intimate relationship are we to have with God? And so, uh, and, and worship of idols often compared to adultery, sexual infidelity. Now, I've been setting you up for an illustration uh, that might otherwise seem a little bit crude, but now you know that it's, strict, it's from the Bible, okay? It was God's idea, it was Paul's idea. Um, you've been divorced from Adam, and you're now married to Christ. Don't go sleeping with your ex-husband. Don't go making love to your ex-husband. And you say, ew, like, that's disgusting. Elmer, that's gross. Don't talk about that in church. But see how disgusting sin is. We do this in our lives. We do this in our lives, don't we? When we sin against God, it's like going and making love to your ex-husband. You've been divorced from Adam and married to Christ. Adam is dead and gone. Not only your ex-husband, a dead ex-husband. So disgusting. It is so gross. Do you see how utterly ugly and disgusting our sin really is? You're married to Christ. You're the bride of Christ. You're divorced from Adam. You've died to him. He's dead and gone. That is what Paul is trying to tell us. So you belong to Christ. You've been bought at a price. You are not your own. Honor God with your bodies. And so you belong to Jesus. Live true. Be faithful to him. Be true to Jesus Christ, your Lord. Live the Jesus life. I want to live the Jesus life, don't you? I want to live the spirit life. Adam's dead and gone. And I want to kick him out the door forever and ever. You know, when I was 19, uh, I, I was a fairly new Christian, but uh, I became convinced that all those, all this, and I love my music. I absolutely love my music, but I, I became convinced that all, these, all this rock music I listened to, all the secular music, that, that this was not for me. I'm not going to say it's always sin. Uh, I don't have a problem with it that way, but, but it had become an idol in my life, and, and, and it was not for me. And God... Uh, convicted me about this. So what, what did I do? I took all these albums and, and all, this, all this stuff. Records. Do you guys know what records are? <laughs> some, some of you are as old as me, so, or almost. So, uh, um, so yeah, these plastic spinny things that, that make music. Okay, I took all that stuff and I, I lit a fire in this tin trash can in our backyard and I threw them in melted them down. There was this thick, thick layer of plastic at the bottom. Um, I wonder what my dad thought had happened, but, but uh, I got rid of it. Now, 
I didn't do that because that was the way to be saved. I was already saved. I already belonged to Christ. But you know what? I, I was, I was going to take all this stuff that didn't belong anymore and kick it out the door. All right, so, so you're divorced from Adam. You're married to Christ. You go into the closet and you take those old dress shirts and trousers and neckties that belong to Adam, your ex, and you boot it out the door. It doesn't belong anymore. We don't want him around anymore. And sometimes you have to do that. Whatever the Holy Spirit would point out in your life that says, this doesn't belong, this is not helpful, perhaps it's even dragging you down. Uh, Hebrews 12, right? Let's throw off every weight, everything that entangles us. Throw it away so that you can run free for Christ. Now again, I'm not saying this is the way to be saved. You're already saved. You're already crucified. But live true. Are you pursuing Jesus? Okay. So, let's end again with our text. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want to invite you to pray with me. Uh, would, you, would you like to stand with me? Uh, let's stand together. And uh, if you're at home listening to this, uh, I invite you to stand with us and uh, if you're willing, if, if you want to do this, I, I would invite you to just put your hands up as a gesture of surrender to the Lord, as a gesture of saying, Jesus, here it is. Here's my life. I don't want to live the flesh life. I'm choosing again this day I want to live the spirit life every day, every moment. And so let's pray. Jesus, thank you for these precious people that you have redeemed with your own blood. Lord, thank you that you loved us so much, that you gave your life for us. You laid down your life on the cross. And Jesus, we celebrate your resurrection, your life your breath that is in us, your Holy Spirit. Lord, we are so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so grateful to be yours. We're so grateful to be forgiven. We're so grateful. Lord, I, as we give ourselves to you, as we lay down all the things of the flesh that you would want us to lay down. And Lord, this is between you and each person listening. But will you give us ears to hear the voice of your spirit and to simply trust and obey whatever it is you have us to do, however it is you want us to respond. We're yours, Lord. 
Help us to live the crucified and resurrected life, the life of Jesus, so that you would be glorified in us. In Jesus' name we pray.